0: The following is a HoopBall presentation. On this episode of Fantasy NFL Today presented by HoopBall, we're talking... That's right, the Pittsburgh Steelers and how they affect your fantasy team. That offensive line is looking a little shisty. little shisty. Is that going to affect this dynamic trio of wide receivers? Or how about the new running back they took from Alabama in the first round? I also discussed quarterback Ben Roethlisberger's shoulder injury and the tight end and defense situation. Which of these Steelers are a must-have and which ones might you be overreaching for that you don't necessarily have to? It all starts right now. Welcome to Fantasy NFL Today, presented by Hoopball. Today is Tuesday, July 6th. I am your host, Anthony Germain. You can find me on Twitter at the Talking Sunday Handle. That's T A L K I N G Sunday, all one word, Talking Sunday. And I'm coming to you hot from Sea Isle, New Jersey. Still down here with the family. Enjoying the 4th of July week, finishing it out. We got a little Saturday to Saturday place down here right on the ocean. Real nice. Yeah, it's hot out there. Got up nice and early. Went down to the local Wawa, got myself a iced coffee and some breakfast. And it was already 88 degrees and muggy as hell. I think it was like 74% humidity in the air already. And that was like, that was two hours ago, so I can only imagine what it is right now. So anyway, if you guys happen to catch yesterday's show, I told you at the end, after talking about basic draft strategy and how to kind of dominate your leagues and your drafts, uh, we would actually start breaking it down. We'll go team by team here in the month of July, uh, since the news is a little slower. Uh, Let's get everybody caught up, you know, go through the teams, who they drafted, who they brought in for free agency, guys that will really help you win your leagues, guys that are more valuable. I'm not going to go through everybody. I'm not going to go through... The third string running backs or the bench or you know the deeper bench guys on some of these teams like the wide receivers and whatnot just the guys that are really going to be valuable Um, so today I want to start in the AFC North the bully division as I like to call it those teams up there could get mean and nasty with each other defensive teams you know and they have Nowadays, they have, you know, the three of them are actually all four teams. They all have pretty high powered offense that can put up points. So today I'm thinking that we go to Western Pennsylvania and start with those Pittsburgh Steelers, the black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. So last season, the Steelers started hot. They started the season hot. They were undefeated, went 11 and 0 before completely falling apart. And finishing the season at 12-4. and four. Funny thing about that is they still won the division. And before the season started, I was taking a look at the future odds, And the book had the Pittsburgh Steelers at plus 400 to win the division. Now keep in mind, going into the 2020 season, Lamar Jackson just came off his MVP-type season. And the Ravens were the heavy favorite to win. Also in the 2019 season, Ben Roethlisberger if you remember missed most of the year and Mason Rudolph had to fill in. And I think duck Hodges and whoever else, whatever quarterback they're pulling off the street. But that defense was still very, very dominant TJ Watt up front. all You know, I think they were leading the league in pressures, things like that. And just a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers with that rich history pedigree team. You don't ever give the Steelers plus 400 odds to win their division. You always take that, so I did, and it paid off. It paid off nicely. Um, this year, I actually think the Pittsburgh Steelers are plus four hundred again. But after seeing what I saw at the end, that giant collapse, or at the end of the twenty twenty season, the giant collapse. I just don't know if enough things have changed in Pittsburgh that are really gonna, you know, put the Steelers back on track. If anything, I think they might continue right where they left off. So what I like to do to start, and let's get everybody caught up like like I mentioned, um, I like to really start at what the team is doing at the top. And what I mean by that is the coaching staff, or if they hired a new GM, anything like that. Um, So everything with the Steelers is pretty much the same um the gm is still kevin colbert mike tomlin i believe was extended for another three years as the head coach and they're still keeping their defensive coordinator keith butler the only change was the release of offensive coordinator randy Fitchner, and they hired from within quarterback coach matt canada now canada has a long history of being an offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach at the college level most recently being with the Pittsburgh Panthers in 2016. And on that team, he actually finished 10th overall in offense, went on to LSU in 2017, finished 76th overall in offense, and then finally finished up his college career in 2018 with Maryland and finished out with the 68th overall offense before joining the Steelers last year as the quarterback coach. So what this tells me is, A hiring like Canada, basically a hiring from within the organization, and somebody with not such a super impressive resume tells me that they're going to run much of the same style of offense that they did from the year before. A lot of times when this happens and they promote within and you you never really heard of the guy, they're pretty much going to try to run the same type of scheme so really not much change if any change at all and that actually makes it a lot easier for a lot of you fantasy players to judge these guys on the Steelers you know we should have a good feel of what to expect from uh you know a Juju Smith-Schuster or a Clay Chasepool or Deontay Johnson um or an Eric Ebron like we kind of know what's going to happen since not much has changed from the coaching standpoint but the biggest change for the Steelers is the complete overhaul of the offensive line. The line finished 17th overall but was actually the best in pass protecting. <clears throat> last season the last season the line actually Last season the line was pretty average. I believe they ranked out 17th overall but actually finished as the best pass protecting unit. In the NFL, with Ben Roethlisberger being pressured on a league-low 21% of his dropbacks. The problem was, in the run game, they were abysmal. Ranked second worst in the run-blocking unit. So that's why the line finished as an average right in the middle there at the 17. You know, you have one extreme with the pass-blocking great, terrible, to the next extreme where the run-blocking was just absolutely abysmal. So what did they do? They basically scrapped the whole line. They got rid of the right guard, David DeCastro, the left tackle, Alejandro Villanueva, who signed actually with the division rival, Ravens. They release their right tackle, Matt Filer, who is actually a, a above average, very good um, offensive lineman that's signed with the Chargers now. Good for Justin Herbert and all you Herbies out there. And then their center, Marquise Pouncey, retired, hung it up. So a lot of the guys that are now starting are either younger and up and coming. Um but yeah, they're they're within the team but lack a lot of experience. Now they did sign a guard from the Chargers, Trey Turner, who actually had a terrible season, probably his his worst season since he's been a pro. So I, I you know, I don't know how much that actually helps the line, but he does have more experience than some of these guys. And then they did draft a guard or center. We're not really sure what position. I'm I'm assuming more for center since um, uh, since Pouncy's retired. Uh, Kendrick Green from Illinois. They they drafted him in the third round, and he's you know said to be one of the most uh, uh, um, explosive offensive linemen in the draft. He actually played a little defensive line in his early in his career before he switched over to the offensive line. And he's led the college football in big-time blocks for an interior lineman. So there's definitely potential there. And all the Steelers fans, you know, you want to cross your fingers here and hope this works out because, you you know, we we need some help along the line. So I guess the nicest thing you could say about the offensive line is that it has potential, but they're going to be relying heavily on the inexperience up front, and these guys are going to have to gel together and figure it out quick. So this could actually end up being a big problem, especially early on in the season. You have to remember with otas and training camps with the with the rules that are in place now and there's not a lot of contact that's one of the positions in football where you actually need to get hands-on contact so you guys can work cohesively as a unit and and you know gel together and, and learn each other's like flow to the to the blocking schemes and everything so it might take a couple weeks for this unit to get it together which is a little worrisome if you know if you're ben roethlisberger or even the running back who I'll get to soon. So why is this important? You don't draft offensive linemen in your fantasy football league. So why is this important? Why am I talking about this offensive line so much that has no has no experience and might be a problem early on in the season. Well, if you drafted running back James Conner last year, you probably weren't too happy as a fantasy owner. He ended up finishing as the 25th best overall running back last season, but behind Todd Gurley, who is playing on a bum knee and has no explosiveness to him at all, and Naheem Hines, who doesn't even start. Say what you will about James Conner. I was never a big fan of him. I always thought he was meant to be a backup running back. If you remember, Le'Veon Bell was the starter while Conner was the backup, and the only reason Conner became the starting running back was because Le'Veon Bell sat out for a season and then never ever returned to being the old Le'Veon Bell again. Karma is a bitch. So anyway, I never got the feeling that Connor was a true work- workhorse running back. A lot of people liked him. Uh he's a, you know, he's a fascinating person. Great great background story, defied the odds, beat cancer and all that. But as far as a true workhorse running back especially on the Steelers if you go back through the history of all the running backs on the Steelers um, I don't know he just didn't fit that mold for me never really never really got on board with with Connor now Connor was let go during the offseason and eventually signed with the Arizona Cardinals where I still don't think he holds any value I will not be a James Connor shareholder in any of my leagues most likely unless I royally screw up somehow and am very desperate for a running back like very very desperate So now there's a void. There's a void at the running back position for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And with the line finishing second worst, you could only hope for it to improve in 2021, right? Even though these guys have little experience and maybe the guy that they drafted could help them a lot, you could really go only go up from here. If you go down from thirty one to thirty two, you have bigger problems. But statistically you can only go up from here so the the hope going forward now is to go up from 31 you know it would be great to get into the top half of the league I mean that's a pretty big leap for one season but I think it's doable and the Steelers front office must also believe that the offensive line is going to improve in the run game it has to which leads me to the Steelers top overall fantasy player in this year's draft running back Najee Harris the rookie out of Alabama he was selected with the 24th overall pick. And to me, that's super telling. It's super telling because in today's NFL, a lot of teams are mocked for taking a running back in the first round because you it's you know, it's true that you can find really good running backs in the third, fourth, fifth round, even in today's NFL. But the fact that the Steelers ignored all that and still selected a running back in the first round is very telling. It's A, they think this guy's the real deal or B, that their overall rushing attack was so bad last year and that uh, the other talent on their team, like Benny, the Benny Snells and Anthony McFarlane, just aren't working out. And, you know, some, some could argue that Travis Etienne might have been the better running back, the running back out of uh, Clemson. But I think Najee Harris is a better fit, better mold for who the Steelers really are. You know, he's six foot two, two 230 pounds, so he's got a nice size to him. He's got a little thump in his game. He was consistently great during his time at Alabama, especially his last two years. In 2019, he ran for over 1,200 yards and scored 20 touchdowns. And then his last season at Alabama, his senior year, he ran for over 1,400 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 425 receiving yards. So, as you can see, he's also established himself as one of the best receiving backs in the country. I think he only had three drops yeah, I was, I'm seeing it right here. Three drops on 83 catchable targets. I mean, that's that's pretty good. That's a, short, that's a nice sure-handed back. And in today's NFL, you know they have to be versatile. You can't just be north and south runner. You got to be able to go east and west, scatter around. But most importantly, a lot of these teams are looking for a nice receiving back. So the fact that this guy's got the size to him and he's got those hands, he's going to be one hell of a player. One hell of a player. The only downside I'm seeing here, and it's, it's actually not even that bad, He's a little old, so he's on the older side for a running back. He's coming into the league at 23 years old already. You compare that to other backs in the past who've come in, you know, like uh, Zeke Elliott. I think he came into the league at the age of 20. You know, he only played four seasons or three seasons at Ohio State. You know, Najee, Najee was in Alabama or at Alabama for four years, four full seasons, and he's, he's already – I think he's already 23. So, yeah, he's still super young, super athletic, smooth as hell, quick. You know, if you look at a lot of Twitter social media, you'll see videos of Najee doing his drills at, at training camp. He he looks smooth, quick. I think he's going to be a force, and I think he's going to be a, a big-time player for somebody's fantasy team out there, somebody that's willing to take the risk. It's risky with the rookies. You don't really know what you're getting, and I get it. But look at other rookie running backs that, that burst onto this scene. You have Ezekiel Elliott. He had a strong rookie season for fantasy teams. Saquon Barkley had one of his best seasons his rookie year for fantasy leagues. So this could be the next Zeke or Saquon. I'm not saying he's a, he's a running back of their skill, but I'm saying as, as far as your fantasy team goes, he may be able to put up points like a Zeke or like a Saquon during their rookie seasons. And the interesting thing is, let's shift it over to the betting market for a second here. Vegas has Najee Harris over-under total rushing yards set at 1,000 and a half yards. 1,000 rushing yards. Those are just the the rushing yards. We haven't even talked about the receiving yards. I don't even think they have the over-under up for the his receiving yards yet. But, I mean, if we're talking 1,000 rushing yards... And you tack on another three or 400 receiving yards. You know, we're looking at a 13 to 1400, possibly even 1500 total yard player. Think about that. Think about that. And then tack in however many touchdowns you think. That's a first round player, guys. That's a first round player. Might think it sounds crazy right now. Because right now, if you check on Yahoo, the Yahoo ADP cheat sheets that everybody lives and dies by, he's an early third round pick. But I can guarantee you, guarantee you, that will not be the case come your draft night. I project, to, I project him to be a late first round or early second round pick by your draft day. I actually want to say he'll be a mid first round pick. But that might be a little too crazy. Or is it last year Clyde Edwards Hilaire around this time of year was projected to be a third round pick. His ADP was in the third rounds. What happened? Well, if you drafted at the end of August, like most people do, a lot of people like to wait, watch the preseason, make sure their players don't get injured. That's fair. But what happened to Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Clyde Edwards Hilaire went from being, went from having a third round ADP, on the cheat sheets to having a first round ADP like within a week before my draft at the end of August he got so scorching hot that he ended up being the fifth overall pick in my redraft league think about that third overall ADP to the fifth overall pick third round overall ADP to the fifth round pick in the first round I have a feeling that this same exact thing is gonna to happen to Najee Harris. So, if you like Najee Harris and you have any say in when your team drafts, draft early. The earlier, the better for you. So, we already talked a lot about the offensive line and how bad it was in the run protection and how it can only go up. So, my concern now is we have to be fair. If the pass protection last year was that great and they revamped the whole line with a lot of guys with inexperience, statistically, the pass protection should go down. Now, it might not drop that far down, but a little regression, or maybe even a lot of regression, you don't really know. But it's fair to assume that the pass protection or the time that Ben Roethlisberger will have to throw the ball might affect these three stud receivers on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe they'll stick to their quick outs that they were supplementing their run game for, You know, last year when they couldn't run the ball at all, they just developed a quick passing game that basically substituted the run game. And it worked for a while. But then once NFL teams caught on to what they were doing, it just, you know, it all fell apart. We all saw it. We all saw how bad that team was at the end. So anyway, let's look at these three wide receivers and where you should be taking them in your drafts this year. A lot of people really, really, really like Chase Claypool. And I get the appeal. I do. He's a big-bodied receiver. He's got the dreads. He's badass. Mapletron, baby. I have him. I had him in my redraft league last year. I have him in my dynasty league. And I don't think unless if you owned him in one of your leagues last year you're not really seeing the full picture. You're looking at his final stat where he had 62 receptions, 873 yards and nine touchdowns, similar to the other two receivers. You know, they all finished around like uh, Juju. Juju finished with nine touchdowns and Deontay Johnson finished with seven touchdowns as well. And, you know, De- Deontay Johnson had the most yards, uh, I think nine, 923 yards and Juju similar to Claypool with the 831 yards. But, The thing with Claypool is that I don't think a lot of people realize is he really only produced on an elite level for the first six weeks, first half of the season, really. And then he kind of fizzled out and he went into this weird timeshare with James Washington. So if you owned Claypool in any of these leagues last year, he, he really disappeared on you when you needed him the most. You know, weeks 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, not much production. And that, that's a little worrisome for me. It's a little worrisome for me that he was able to kind of disappear that fastly or that quickly fastly. Look at me. I can't even make it up words over here. Really exciting player. I love the guy. I, like I said, I still own him in some dynasty leagues, but he's least likely to lead the team in reception and yards. I really still think he's going to split time in the reception department with James Washington, and you know he may end up being a touchdown reliant type receiver more than somebody that's going to get you a lot of receptions if you're in ppr or he's going to be boom or bust you know i'm not a big fan of boomer bust guys they're usually the shorter speedy guys that get you know two to four catches a game but you know they'll they'll hit you know an 80 yard touchdown pass and then you know tack on three more catches during the game to go over 100 for like a touchdown but then the next week, you have those same guys that get you three catches for 40 yards, two catches for 20 yards. So, yeah, I'm not a big boomer bust type of guy. But, you know, if you're playing in any best ball leagues, those guys are great because, you know, obviously they just take the best performance overall and, or your highest optimal lineup and just plug them in. And they work. Um, but if we're talking strictly just these three receivers on the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm ranking Ch- Chase Claypool as my third option when it comes to drafting these guys and just to back up what I'm saying here the Steelers leading receivers in routes per game last season were Juju and Deontay Johnson they both averaged 44.7 and 36.5 routes per game which were more than Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster actually led the team in receptions. As I said earlier, he had 97 catches compared to Deontay's 88 catches and Claypool with a measly 62 catches. So if you're asking me who the best receiver is to take for your team this year, it's got to be Juju Smith-Schuster. I hate this guy just as much as all of you listening with his dances and his TikToks. I mean, this guy, he goes out to, I, I think it was Buffalo. And this was like in the middle of the season where... Buffalo, you know, Buffalo was no slouch last year. They went thirteen and three. And they go to Buffalo and, and I think this is right when Pittsburgh started their losing streak, falling off. He goes to the logo and he's you know he's out there uh uh bunny hop bunny hop mm, doing his dance. what is this guy doing? Looks like a fool. And I think he got laid out that game too. Uh, my name is Juju. Juju, my name is Juju Smith-Schuster. Anyway, as much as I don't like him, it's not that I don't like him or don't respect his game. It's just more the personality. Um, He's just not, I don't feel like he's very serious about football. It's very evident in his social media and what he's doing off the field. Um, but all things considered when it comes to receptions, if you're in PPR leagues and even yards and touchdowns, think he had the most touchdowns right yeah he tied he tied claypool with nine touchdowns 10 deontay seven touchdowns um he is he currently has the best value again yahoo's adp has juju as the lowest ranked receiver on the team going early in the 10th round pick 91 overall that's great value That's great, great value. I hated Juju last year when people were taking him in round three and four. Terrible value. My love and hate for fantasy players is all based on these ADP rankings. For the longest time, I hated Brandon Cooks. Perfect example. Brandon Cooks is always going at the end of the first, uh, probably early second or maybe end of the second. I always thought that was too high. The further down Brandon Cooks has come now, I think Brandon Cooks is another. I haven't really looked at his ADP yet, but I'm pretty sure you can get him this year really late. I know Houston doesn't really have a quarterback. Nobody knows what's going on there, but he—that's phenomenal value. Yeah, he gets hurt, got a concussion problem, but he'll get you some points. He'll get you some points at that at that at that spot in the draft. It's worth the gamble, and this. With Juju, he's already performed in the past. He's more that he's he's better than a gamble. He's almost a lock to get at least what he got last year. And you know, if if Ben Roethlisberger ends up going down with an injury, you know, at his age and his his Ophi O-fee, ass out there nowadays, you never know with him. Juju Smith Schuster will be the one that still benefit from the the best, no matter who comes in, whether it's Dwayne Haskins who they signed, or. They still like Mason Rudolph a lot. It will probably be Rudolph, and Smith Schuster will be the safest option for him over the middle. Deontay Johnson will probably suffer the suffer the worst of it, and then Claypool will probably still get his you know deep pass here and there and do his thing. But he'll still probably be sharing time with James Washington. They really like Washington. They say he's got the surest hands on the team. So your best value here is by far Juju Smith Schuster. If you can get Schuster even as your wide receiver two, that's a solid pick. It's a solid pick. And if you follow my plan of going running back, running back, running back, and then maybe even grabbing a quarterback there, Smith Schuster can be a really solid option for me, for you. You might even get him as a wide receiver three, and then have the the you know opportunity of putting putting him in, putting him in whenever you need. Speaking of Ben Roethlisberger guess we should touch on the quarterback position ben roethlisberger should not be an option for you at quarterback one if you want to draft ben roethlisberger as your backup quarterback go for it but there are probably still way better quarterbacks to take as a backup quarterback some news that came out about ben roethlisberger is this is a reporter from the athletic said that Roethlisberger's surgically repaired right elbow should be stronger this year than it was in 2020 And that they devised a short passing game with a quick release after the quarterback underwent surgery to reattach three flexor tendons that had torn off the bone. So now they're basically telling, you oh, his shoulder's fine. And they're going to be more aggressive and throw downfield as, as, you know, more than last year. I don't buy it. Especially around this time of the year. There's a lot of coach talk, a lot of optimism coming out of camps. I really, truly believe we're going to see a lot of the same thing we saw last year. They'll still do the quick release, short passing game. But I just think the difference between this year will be the the heavy dose of the run game with Najee. The quick passes to Najee on the outside. Um, but yeah, again, a lot of the same things we saw. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is a viable option for you at quarterback. Again, if you want him as a backup, go for it. Uh, But you should have way better options. I'd rather roll the dice with a rookie as a backup, like a Zach Wilson with the New York Jets or Justin Fields with the Chicago Bears. Something like that that has potential. When you're looking for a backup quarterback, you really want potential, not really safety. You want your your quarterback one to be strong. You want your quarterback one to be safe. Take a gamble or take a shot with your backup quarterback. So, the tight end. How can I forget? So, it looks as if Eric Ebron will return as the Steelers' starting tight end. He has, oh, wow. His his ADP is lower than the rookie that they drafted, Pat, uh, I don't even know how to say his name, Fearmouth, Firemouth from Penn State. Um, not by much the The rookie tight end is going at the end of the twelfth round, as opposed to the starter Eric Ebron going at the beginning of the thirteenth round. Uh, you know nothing much here. I feel like the Steelers' tight ends are better for them in real life football. <laughs> like they'll they'll catch an important pass for a first down, or they'll they'll make crucial blocks. Um, as far as the fantasy tight end, I, that I feel like that's been long and gone since um Heath Heath Miller. And even him, I, I felt like he had his ups and downs during the year. The the for from a fantasy perspective, a Pittsburgh Steelers tight end is not typically who you want as your starting tight end. Um, you know, if you want to get Ebron later on, he's hanging around. Go for it. I I think there's a lot lot better options at tight end that I'll get to in the in future pods um, that you can get probably even later. I I have a great tight end that's going undrafted in most leagues. Um, you could find a lot more potential, I guess is what you're saying. And I'm not so sure this, this rookie tight end from Penn state is the guy either. Um, had a solid career at Penn state, but he's not going to, especially tight ends. They take a little bit to warm up to the league. Uh, I look at somebody like Mike Gusecki who has all the talent in the world and he's been in the league for quite a few years now and he's just getting started to unlock his potential. So you know, he, this isn't a tight end. You're going to want on your team, especially in redraft leagues, dynasty and keeper leagues where you keep, you know, you're keeping these guys later. Sure. Go ahead. Take a gamble on them. You know, Pittsburgh Steeler players are, are usually solid. They seem to know what they're doing in the front office. If you have the, the bench space in your dynasty league and, or your keeper league and you want to hold on to them and wait for them to develop, that's great. As far as redraft, I don't think he has any value and Eric Ebron mm, minimal value. And I don't usually talk about defense or special teams too often, but the Pittsburgh Steelers still have one of the greatest defenses in the NFL. Yahoo has them currently the third overall best defense to be drafted this year. Uh, Their ADP is sitting at the beginning of the ninth round, which is absolutely embarrassing yeah having a top defense in your league is always fun. it's you know just kind of somebody you can plug and play in there but there always seems to be a couple a nice handful of defenses that that prop up out of nowhere that you can usually grab on your waiver wire and what a lot of people do is they'll just play week to week plug and play a defense and that's that's fine too you know pick on the pick you know in the in the past you pick on the jets every week if you can pick on you know whoever the bad team the lions every week if you can. Um, that's a strategy. so I I don't hate having a defense like the Steelers. It's just you never pick a defense in round nine when there's 16 rounds. The only time I'm drafting a defense in the ninth round, and it's rare, is if you look on your cheat sheet that again we don't use as a Bible, we use as a guide if you look on your cheat sheet and you go down two or three tiers, and what I mean by that is each tier is picks of one through 12 pick. So it goes your pick, then 12 picks. That's one tier, another 12 picks. That's two tiers. And then another 12 and so on. So if you go down two or three tiers and there's nobody you want within those tiers, that is the only time I would suggest that you go out, go ahead and draft a defense. I did that one time. But yeah, this defense is great. There's little doubt that you know they won't be able to generate pressure at one of the highest rates again. I mean, this team was just bringing the heat every single time. They generated 60, at least 60 pressures. I mean, they have T.J. Watt, Stephon Kate C- Cameron Hayward. I mean, they all. It's it's just crazy. If you if you double one of them, another one's going to get free. Double double the other one. You know, if you. You know, if you doubled Watt, two, it's going to get free. You double to it, Watt's going to get free. Hayward's going to get free. It's just the it seems like the offense never has enough to take one of these guys away to slow down the, you know, the bleeding, so to say. So, yeah, the Steelers defense is great. They're going to get sacks. They're going to get picks. They got a good secondary back there with Minka Fitzpatrick. And now they did lose their two corners, uh, Steven Nelson and Mike Hilton. Uh, but I believe Joe Hayden is still there and now there's going to probably be a lot of pressure on Cameron Sutton um, at the other corner position but as long as they're getting that pressure up front that makes those cornerbacks life a lot easier and it might not be that bad so again a lot of what we saw in 2020 we'll probably see in 2021 with the hopes that we're not just picking up where we left off and it was a big time struggle for the team a lot of the same from Deontay Johnson Claypool Schuster quick passes with my favorite value pick being juju smith schuster 10th round pick from last year's fourth round pick value it's just it's just incredible value guys juju smith schuster as a wide receiver too is a great pick don't reach for a claypool or a deontay johnson if you don't have to and my other favorite pick on this team is running back Najee harris the run, the rookie out of alabama he falls into my rule of drafting running backs early and often Is he talented? Yes. Is he going to get the volume? Yes. Is he going to have the opportunity without any other running backs like Benny Snell really chewing into his volume or his workload? Yes. Najee Harris fits that mold perfectly. He needs to be one of your three backs within your first five rounds. Like I said, I really believe he's going to continue to climb the draft boards, the ADP rankings, as we get closer to the season. I really think he's going to end up being in that first round mid pick section. Maybe he'll fall to the end of the first round, but regardless, he's going to find his way into that first round and you're not going to regret getting him. It might feel like you're losing value because of where he's ranked now, but he really has first round value that just hasn't been applied yet. So don't feel like you're losing any value. Don't feel like it's a reach if you take him in the first round. He's, a, he's going to be a great phenomenal player for your fantasy teams ben roethlisberger doesn't mean much not even as a backup and again the two tight ends little to minimal value if you're going there the steelers defense if you follow my rules of not drafting a defense until the very end of your draft you probably won't have a chance to get the defense because somebody will take them where their adp is in round nine or ten but that's okay i have a few defenses on my on my watch list that we can get later in the round i'll share with you guys when we get there all right, guys. So that's my show for today. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. I hope all you Pittsburgh Steelers fans that joined in enjoyed the show as well. Tomorrow, we'll continue our dive into the AFC North. We'll do, I'm thinking Ravens as of now, but who knows? We could switch it to either the Browns or, or Bengals. Bengals are fun. Yeah, but uh, the Ravens and little Lamar Jackson action, maybe. Race car Lamar. Talk about him. Maybe talk about that crowd at backfield. All those running backs that they got back there in Baltimore. Ooh, and some spicy new wide receivers that have jumped onto the scene. Hmm. How much value do they have? All right, guys. Talk to you tomorrow.